This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, February 16th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who just wants to see the golf ball go to its home, Jerem Jordan. What, are you too good for your home? Uh, 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore coming out in theaters, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, what a great movie. So fun. There are so many fantastic scenes. One that comes to mind is based on our good friend Jared Jacobs, who is mm-hmm. at Gold Yeller, our Lego yep. guy who could pass as Happy Gilmore's caddy. He, he could be that guy for yeah, Halloween, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's long hair, if you have the white bib on. He didn't on. have to dress up at all. <laughs> cue the golf music. Is this like for the Masters? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> I love this scene when the caddy's leaning down next to Happy during the championship match, and he says, I think that putt's going to move a little bit to the left. And Happy looks at his feet and says, no, that's because you have one shoe on. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, my goodness. Back when Adam Sandler movies were quality. Yeah. <laughs> Although the Halloween movie that he did on Netflix, I actually enjoyed. You were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. I expected nothing, and then I got something. <laughs> Yeah, there's a philosophy there in life. There, right? there is. There's a real and philosophy. His expectations. There. You know, I didn't. I didn't expect much with seven power fives on this Happy Gilmore schedule. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as we set up the show lineup today, expect nothing, and hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Indeed. BYU football nearing a full schedule in okay. 2022 okay. and 2023. Who the Cougars added, and what it means for the pursuit of another 10 win. Finished in the AP poll ranked season. A BYU record holder and the number one ranked runner in his race in the country, Connor Mance, will join us live, as will Tyler Hawes, the all-time leading scorer in BYU basketball history. Heard of him. We'll offer his opinion on the Cougars' status after a 10-day layoff. Is BYU and Mark Pope primed to win out the regular season? Even though they, In a word? Yes. Even though they haven't played for a long time? Hey. I have one more thing to say, Jerem. Mista! Mista! Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and USF, that's South Florida, have announced a two-game extension of their football series. The additional two games will see BYU opening the season next year, uh, 2022, not 2021, September 3rd, in Tampa Bay. And then uh, USF will travel to Provo on October 28th, 2023. So that's interesting. Yeah. Also, PFF has uh, seven BYU players in its top 300, notably Zach Wilson up at uh, number two, Brady Christensen 150, and then uh, it goes Tristan Hodge, Kyrus Tonga, Dax Milne, Chris Wilcox, Matt Bush. How about that? Seven in the top 300. I can dig it. Great. BYU basketball currently an eight seed in the latest Joe Lenardi bracketology from ESPN. The Cougars have two road games this week, both quadrant two opportunities as currently constituted on the NCAA tournament resume at Pacific Thursday, at LMU Saturday. Got to take care of business in California. Number 12, BYU Women's Volleyball hosts LMU tonight at the Smith Fieldhouse, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Freshman Libera, Maddie Allen. She's legit, dude. WCC Defensive Player of the Week, 55 digs in three matches. She's awesome. The men stayed number one. Got four more first-place votes, by the way. Host number 10, Grand Canyon, on Thursday night. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez is the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week. 
at 31 kills from seven sets versus number seven Pepperdine. He might even be the National Player of the Week. We'll find out later today. He might be the National Player of the Year, right? Again. Again. How about this? Both men's and women's indoor track and field now ranked in the top 10 of the latest USDF CCCA polls. The men jumped 12 spots from 18th to 6th, while the women make a jump of one spot up to number 8 after massive record-breaking team performances in Washington. And gymnastics moves to number 9. Look at Card Young's team. Wow. In the latest team national qualifying score, Abby uh, Stainton, is the MRGC Bars and Beam Specialist of the Week. Posted a 9.25 on the bars, 9.9 on the beam. And Brittany Witkowskis is the Floor Specialist of the Week after a 9.925. They are crushing it, Yes, coming off a team-high performance from the season of over 197. They're a top-ten team in the NQS, which is, I put it on the phone call this morning, the first ranking is kind of like the AP poll or just like the overall rankings. The NQS is kind of like the college football playoff poll. National qualifying score. Yes. So this this is It's based on scoring. It's not based on uh, something subjective. So I like that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. USF on the schedule for a few more years. No, not San Francisco, as Jerem just talked about. We're talking football now in February. The University of South Florida and BYU in a new agreement. We just gave you the details, which means there are now 11 games on the 2022 BYU football schedule. 12 in 2023. I mean, this is wild that we're this far out, but... We have full schedules, essentially. Jeremy, what, what do you think about all of this? All right. Uh, I, I like what's uh, setting up, and we've talked about this a little bit, that the schedules seem a little, little more manageable going forward. So let's walk through 22 now. Mm-hmm. Season opener at South Florida, Baylor at home, at Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State, bye week at the moment, Arkansas at home, SEC, let's go, okay. SEC, at Liberty, a concept, Bye week at Boise State, Dixie, who's an FCS independent now. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get in, uh, what, the Big Sky probably or something. And then at Stanford. So you look at that, and it, it, is, it is manageable. It is manageable because BYU has uh, power fives. Baylor, Oregon, Arkansas, Stanford, four. Okay, okay. One more game to add. Maybe BYU makes it a power five. That is manageable. Like, if you're going to try and get ten wins, which to me is, like, the goal – New Year's Six. BYU couldn't even get to a New Year's Six with no Power Fives. So just New Year's Six is not happening. I'm sorry. It's not. If BYU can get to 10 wins with four-ish Power Fives, that's a notable season. That's great. So I think it's pretty manageable. I think there's balance there. You still have rivalries, right? A reminder, where's Utah? Where's Utah? Utah is choosing to play Florida in 22 and 23, and BYU said, fine, we won't play. You know, I think that's a quote from Tom Hummel. Fine! <laughs> um, no, he didn't say that. So, that, one more game to add there. You know, and I would say uh, I, I would prefer a G5 there. It's probably going to be a good. G5. I, I think based on what BYU did in 2020. I hope so. There are some modifications Tom, in how we approach G5, this baby. thing. You got four power fives already. Only one of those feels like a world beater. That's the road game at Oregon. It's always right. tough to play That's in Autzen Stadium early in the one. season. Yes. Everything else on the schedule seems like it's winnable for BYU. And Baylor at home. That's round two with Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. They're coming because to Provo. What are they going to be? Yeah, yeah, in year two of that offense. Yeah. So, and East Carolina is 
still oh, to be sorry. determined. East Carolina yeah. is on yes. the schedule. They just don't have a specific date for yes. this game yet. And then there'll be one more. Yeah. So there you go. 11. And, and so it's not going to be FCS. It's another G5 or a P5 because Dixie's already on there. Yeah. So I, I like 22. The home schedule is nice. It's interesting. Baylor. Say what you want about Wyoming. People care about that game because of the longstanding emotions in that rivalry. Okay, people, By people, you mean BYU Laramie? Fans. BYU fans and people in Laramie care about that BYU game. BYU fans care there's, about the Wyoming There's game? trash talk there. You think there, BYU fans care BYU about the Wyoming wants game? to destroy Wyoming, do they right. not? Right. They want to destroy But them. if it wasn't on there, no one would think twice. So but I don't the, know that they care that much. They care somewhat. So I'm, I'm, I'm still compelled by that game a little bit based on the animosity involved in that series. Okay? <laughs> this is what I think of BYU and Wyoming. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, when we're selling that game, we're like, dude, Wyoming, let's get No. Utah State, Arkansas is a fun game, and then Dixie State. East Carolina is Paul a Peterson, home game up? in Provo. So just a matter okay. of uh, is it an open date on October 8th or October 29th, and then whatever else Tom Holmo decides to add. Yeah. I, I would like uh, October 29th to be open. That is uh, near my birthday. So I would like that free. <laughs> Tom, that's okay. Twenty twenty three, Jerem. Yeah, there are twelve games. Twelve games. Twelve now. games on the schedule in twenty twenty three. Talk through it. Listen to this slate: Tennessee in Provo. That's a great season opener to open. That's awesome. At Virginia on September 9th. At Utah State, I know it's back to back road games. In fact, there are three road games in a row, but one's in Utah Logan. State a road game. At Arkansas, then BYU has Rice. Make a trip to Fresno. Rice. Three home games, Boise State, USF, just added today, and UNLV. Then BYU goes on the road at UCF, Okay. Southern Utah home for senior day, and then BYU finishes the season at USC. So Thanksgiving week. Four power fives mm-hmm. on that schedule, which appears to be done, but it's 2021. That's what year it is, right? Man, that was a long year last year. Um, we'll see if that's the schedule, right? Things can change. But – that, again, that BYU's in a position where if BYU did win 10 games with four power fives and some quality G5s on there, like you think about UCF and Boise State are on there. Those are two of the top uh, group of five programs. And like, Fresno I'm not saying like last year. I'm talking like the last yeah. like five to years, right? Last Beyond the last five years, Central USCF's not actually been good. Um, that good, right? So, yes, I... I love these schedules. I think there's some balance. Do you want some big names? You got it in Tennessee and USC. Like, I wish Utah was on these schedules. That would be kind of the cherry on the top. Um, but because they're not, you know, you, you had another game. But Virgi- there's some intrigue. Virginia and Bronco and the whole deal, assuming he's still there. Utah State is always uh, compelling. Arkansas is an SEC team. Like, on the road there. BYU making their first trip to Arkansas. I'm fine with this. Yeah, I like these schedules. You know, and, and if you prefer something beefier, then you love a seven-win season. That's what I would say to you. Um, so I'm, I'm cool with these schedules. Because I like winning more than anything else. I like winning more than a schedule. I feel like BYU fans love a, the idea of a schedule and a game announcement than the actual game sometimes. Just be careful with that. I love the series with USF. I like that BYU is playing in another NFL stadium when they go to Tampa. Raymond James, the host of the Super Bowl this year. That's a cool yeah. stadium to play in. I'm fine with you, USF, by the way. I, I think it's, it's whatever. They had a couple years where they won like nine and ten games. But like since 2011, they've had like four winning seasons. They're, just, they're not a great program, but there is a storyline there with how the 2019 game played out. There is. Because Jaron Hall 
who starts that game and plays a pretty good game, right? Gets a, a concussion. Baylor Romney comes in, leads BYU down the field a couple times, but doesn't punch it in to get a win. BYU, there's, there's some heck to pay, right, for BYU in that stadium. Oh, by the way, that's where they played the Super Bowl. Kind of yep. fun. Will Tom Brady still be with the Buccaneers next year? 47-year-old like, Tom Brady. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's interesting. And, and the fact that BYU is going – and a reminder, BYU plays South Florida this year as well. So all of a sudden – it's it's uh, BYU playing in 2019 and 21 and 22 and 23 with UCF, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's going to play South Florida from 2019 to 23 more than it plays Utah. Four times to two times. Yeah, that's weird. Because Utah's playing Florida in 22 and 23. So that well, is BYU's playing to schedule a Florida team too in the absence of the Utes. <laughs> Utah got Florida. <laughs> And we got South Florida and Central Florida. But it's all good. Uh, go and win those games. Go and win those games. At UCF, you know, beating UCF in the bowl game was a nice win. I know UCF finished 6-4, and four, but always good to beat those guys. So Josh Heupel gets the job at Tennessee, mm-hmm. and now BYU is going to play Tennessee with Josh Heupel. Good. Can't wait for BYU to destroy another Josh Heupel team. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I like the, the balance of four power fives. Yeah. Uh, four to five, group of fives, a few of those are high level, and then there are some teams on there yeah. that BYU should absolutely just manhandle. I'm glad that my requests have been uh, destroy. heard. Okay. <laughs> yes, these schedules <laughs> that have been put into place just this year, right? It all came- <laughs> Just this year? It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm three or four years on this wagon. Let's go. <laughs> Hop on board. Plenty of room. Our question of the day, BYU football now has 11 games in 2022, 12 games in 2023. With the addition of USF for two more years. What do you think of the schedules, BYU Sports Nation? Let's hear about it and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson adds on Twitter, sad that there are no games with Utah, but overall it looks like it can be navigated by a good team. Like that there is a tougher challenge in late November, speaking specifically yeah. of Stanford and USC in those two years. Yeah, there, there's always kind of an odd man out. The reason is because Stanford and USC play Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's the opening. But Notre Dame won't play BYU. That's the great irony of that. Think about this. The quarterback situation at BYU when they get to these schedules because of COVID and redshirt opportunities. Hall and Romney are sophomores. Right? Exactly. Like Jaron Hall. Or their juniors who will have a second season. Baylor Romney yeah. and Jacob Conover are all still in the mix for all of these games. That's gnarly. Yes, that's very gnarly. I love it. Okay, coming up, who will be drafted third from BYU in the NFL draft? And Tyler Haas, the all-time leading scorer in BYU basketball history, tells us, if he thinks there will be any rust for BYU basketball under Mark Pope after a 10-day break, this is BYU Sports Nation. Get out that WD-40, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU basketball with Mark Pope. This is Coach Greg Bell for the Cougars Road Swing at Pacific and LMU. Chat with Chris Burgess. Debut a deep blue about Cody Fieger tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. 
We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Happy 25th anniversary to Happy Gilmore being released in theaters. And happy to have all of you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a man who can shoot the basketball and uh, put it in its natural habitat. He Mm -hmm. sends it home often, more so than any other basketball player has done at BYU. Tyler Hawes is with us. Ty, it's been a while. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Hanging in there. How are you guys? We're doing okay. Do you like Happy Gilmore, the movie? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Love it. Is that, is that your favorite Tw- show? Or what, what's Tw- the 25 year anniversary of it coming out in theaters today. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I don't remember seeing okay, it in theaters. Yeah, I, I remember. I think I just watched it later. Okay, so here's the plan. Uh, we're all going to watch that movie tonight because we still have a few nights to go until BYU has another basketball game, which is a topic yeah. in and of itself, tights. It's, it's going to be 10 days between games. Uh, there's always this, oh, the rust situation. Are you buying that BYU will be rusty after a 10-day layoff when they head out on the road against Pacific and LMU? No, I don't think so. Um, I think BYU is going to be ready to go. They, they've gone through this twice already this year. I mean, I can think of two, two times, you know, right after Christmas time leading up to that Gonzaga game. And then I think there was a small break in, uh, right before St. Mary's. And so BYU's been through this. This isn't something that's new. And so I think that's going to play into their advantage. Obviously having some time off uh, provides a little bit of time for rest, but I think whenever I had some time off, it, it was more kind of the, the disruption of rhythm. Like the game, game speed is, is different than, than, than practice. Obviously you want to practice it you know, as close to a game situation as possible, but being in a game, it's different. It's hard to, to replicate. And so, uh, but BYU has been through it and I expect them to come out and, and, and play with some, some fight and be ready to go. Okay. Two weeks left in the regular season tie, but, can BYU improve its seeding in the NCAA tournament? Lenardi uh, just came out and said BYU's the the top eight seed, which is good. A little progress there. BYU's yet to really crack seven, but only three regular season games left. So at Pacific and LMU this week, Santa Clara next Thursday, and then the WCC tournament. Now, is Gonzaga going to show up? At this point, I'd be surprised personally, but uh, BYU has a chance to go down there and maybe even win that thing. So do you think BYU can climb a seed line at this point? Uh, I think it'll be tough, but uh, maybe, maybe one spot for sure. Uh, you know, BYU, their, their mindset this whole season has just been one game at a time. And if they can, you know, win by an impressive margin and play those games with, uh, you know, high efficiency, shoot the ball. Well, I, I don't, and, and then go into the, the WCC tournament and find a way to win that thing. I, I don't see why they, they wouldn't move up a spot. Um, but Hey, I, I'm happy with an eight seed. Come on, that, that's great. They're they're in a great position right now, and and they're getting the respect they deserve around the country. Um, and they just need to keep winning. It's all about winning, you know, every single game, the next game. Let's talk about seeding because seeding le- certainly matters in the NCAA tournament. Spencer and I personally hate an eight nine game because. Uh, yes, it's an even matchup, and and you're more likely to win that than you are, say, a seven ten or six eleven or so on. But like five twelve, it's fifty percent. It's a toss up, so that feels like it's an eight nine. And then you would get a better second round game if you win. So I personally hate eight nine. I'm hoping BYU actually slides to a ten. How do you feel about it, having played in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think uh, the higher the seed, the better. And, and, you know, let the, let the experts and everyone put the matchups where they may, but just fighting to get the best seed possible. I, I think that's no, that's no, no, the no. Right mindset tank, to have. tank for a 10 or 11 <laughs> tank for a 10. Let's lose this game. Win the next game. <laughs> For, get a draft pick. <laughs> I, yeah. Mark Mark Pope is somewhere really? losing his mind. <laughs> this Jim Jordan. <laughs> yeah, bring that up before the coaches show tonight. Hey Mark. Him. Hey Mark. I had an idea. <laughs> Tyler Haas with us on BYU Sports Nation, talking BYU basketball as they get ready for a critical road trip at Pacific and at LMU. Ty, I want to talk about a guy who's received some more attention due to a deep blue feature and, frankly, because he's in the starting rotation and making an impact. Gideon George, do you feel like Mark Pope has found the secret sauce and a starting five that's going to remain the rest of the way with Gideon George now in the lineup? Yeah. First off, how awesome was that deep blue? If if anyone hasn't seen that, they need to go watch that. I mean, his background and his story is just it's incredible. It's one it's one of the best sports stories I've heard in a long time. So it's so awesome to have a guy like that on BYU. But I think you know, I was thinking about this the last week or so cuz he's been put into the lineup. I think the coaches have been trying to get to this lineup for a while now. And, and I feel like they're finally trusting them in, in their offensive scheme and defensive game plan. But I love having Gideon George out there on the floor. He brings a length and, a, and an athleticism that, um, that we need at BYU. And uh, he's, he's playing well. He's playing with a lot of confidence and, and, and shooting the ball well. He's had a couple good shooting games. And, and, so it, and I remember that somebody asked him, like, hey, were you ready for, for your start? And he's like, I've been waiting for this all year. Like I, I, he was ready for his moment. And, um, and I, and I love that for, for a guy to, to step into his time and, and play the way he, he has it, it. It's been exciting for me to see. Okay. Ty, what's still unanswered about this team? Because we know what they do well. Um, it, it's come in spurts by personnel with BYU playing 10 different guys. There's, there was, uh, you know, Gideon's had his moment. Richard Harwood's has his moment. Alex Barcelo's had moments here and there. Brandon Averett. It's not the same guys every game per se, which is good. It could also be a struggle when you're looking to a specific person, right? So what's still unanswered in your mind about this team as we get to the end of the season? Yeah, I, you know, I think a couple of things. Uh, first off, you know, the, really the only constant we've seen with this team is, is the change of lineups, right? They're like lots of guys uh, stepping up and playing different roles and, you know, lots of different uh, lineups starting. Um, it seems like a different lineup every game, but I I think going into the, the last part of this uh, season and the postseason, can there be a group that is more constant and, and, you know, have the coaches confidence and, you know, there, there are moments of every game where, you know, I think there's scoring droughts. That's another big question where I'm guys are looking around. Who's the guy that's going to step up and, um, and get the lid off the rim. Um, I think that's, that's another big thing. You know, BYU came out so hot right at the beginning of the year. It had, you know, shooting the ball so well from three and the last little bit, some of it you have to attribute to game plan and, and people running BYU off the line. They're not taking as many threes. Uh, but, 
can can BYU shoot the ball well from the three-point line and get back to that rhythm that they had at the beginning of the year? Um, I, I think that will be huge going into the postseason if they want to make a, a deep postseason run. Yeah, and I agree. That's one concern I have with this team is I don't know where it's coming from per se. I know that Alex Barcelo is capable. I, there are a lot of capable guys, but mm. we've just not seen the volume. There have only been four games where BYU's made 10 threes in a game. This is not last year's team. It doesn't have to be. But when BYU gets in a game where uh, it needs a competitive advantage and it's not happening uh, defensively and rebounding and down low, it's got to be from the perimeter. So I, I, and even if BYU wins that first round game to to beat like a top four seed, you got to make threes. You just have to. So I, I'm wondering where it comes okay. from. Um, and we have a couple more games to perhaps figure that out. Yeah, I think part of it is uh, playing fast playing fast and not turning the ball over. We've seen BYU get, you know, 15, 16, 17 turnovers in in some of the games that can't happen. Got to take care of the ball, take good shots. Um, But we've seen moments of each guy. I mean, Trevin Nell's shot the ball. Well, at at times, Alex Barcel has been great. Brandon Averitt's had some huge games, five or six threes each. Um, Caleb Lohner starting to shoot the ball better. But you're right, going into the postseason to beat some of these teams, it's going to take rebounding, it's going to take scoring inside, and it's also going to take good shooting from the perimeter. Um, you know, watching this last Gonzaga game, I um, I was talking to someone saying, Gonzaga played a good game. I, I don't think they played a great game. And if BYU shoots the ball well from three, they're right in it to yeah. the very end. And I thought they matched up so well uh, all the way to the end. They just didn't shoot the ball great and they got good looks and it's just, it's about shooting it with confidence and, um, and believing they're going to go in. Ty, your insights are always appreciated. Again, it's been too long, so let's not have a layoff uh, like the BYU basketball team did. Let's, let's Listen, keep this thing going on a regular basis. Ty and I are about to hang out all day every day during yeah. the WCC yeah. tournament. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> that's, I that's wish, I wish you the best of luck. More happen. <laughs> yeah, and we'll do that no, between I, games. I, Tyler, great to talk to you, yes, man. We'll bro. do it again soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Tyler Haas on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Updating the BYU basketball resume once again. The Cougars 29 in the net rankings. Great. Top 30. Love it. 31 Ken Palm. 33 basketball power index according to ESPN. KPI still holding at 22. Whatever that means. Strength of record at 29. And the Sagarin BYU's 26. I love it. I love it. Listen, two quad twos this week. Hopefully that that holds. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you're going to be in Vegas calling games. And this year we're actually going to stay here. COVID, just like fewer people down there. Tyler Haas and I will hang out in the studio uh, for halftime of the bridge show. So it's going to be a fun time, man. And we'll see if Gonzaga goes down there. (laughs) So I just did the math. I added all six of those numbers up. And the aggregate of those six metrics is exactly 30. The total is 180 divided by six. Love it. That's 30. That's so good for BYU basketball. Coming up, we'll chat with the fastest man in the world in the 5,000 meters. Nice. And are the blackout uniforms that BYU football apparently is never going to wear again the best in college football in 2020? There's a competition going. Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Never going to wear again. Get out of here. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Sophomore Whitney Bauer in 12th ranked and undefeated BYU women's volleyball hosts LMU tonight at the Smithfield House, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Let's go. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Pro Football Focus, ever heard of him, has Tristan Hodge as the third highest Cougar on its top 300 big board. That'd be Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen, and Tristan Hodge. Which BYU player will be the third player drafted? It's either Kyrus Tonga or Dax Milne. Oh. I, I think it's still Kyrus at this point. I just don't think there are that many quality defensive linemen compared to just the sheer numbers of wide receivers and other positions. But Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen, Kyrus Tonga. I, I think uh, Tonga or Tristan Hodge at this point. I think Hodge is climbing, it feels like, uh, from a couple of boards we've seen. So. Interior offensive linemen can be good. Plus, when they see Notre Dame on the resume, they'll start drooling. You know, oh, that's just goodness. what the NFL scouts do. They're like, oh, Notre Dame. There's, there's a real fact. Notre there. Dame does stuff that matters. Okay. They, they do more than what BYU does. Don't get me wrong. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go too far down that road. Right? Yeah. Like when we make fun of UCLA, BYU is a better football program than UCLA. Amen to that. Not that, not Notre Dame. Though. I'm here for the UCLA bashing all day, every day. <laughs> In football, that is. In football. And then in they come football. in yes, uh, last week and two weeks ago and be BYU in oh, like, oh, come on! So, the BYU blackout uniforms, Jerem, yes. which have been maybe retired, according to certain athletic department personnel. They're coming back at some point. Come on. The blackout uniforms are a nominee for Uniform of the Year, according to the Twitter verified account Uniswag. You can vote for it right now. Hey, Twitter, still waiting for our uni uh, unification, a.k.a. authentication on Twitter. Yes. Is the black uniform with royal trim and white numbers, Jerem, the best BYU football uniform combo? No, royal. Royal all day, baby. I don't care what combo. All royal, royal with white pants, whatever. Love me some royal. I like the white tops and royal pants specifically. Royal helmet? With a royal helmet? No, I mean, not... not we, we haven't seen a royal helmet. No, we yet. need a tan helmet, oh, said no out, one. Get out of here. Said nobody. The black uniforms are super sharp, and yeah, I thought they great. fit the December feel of that game, too. They're great. Icy cold, right? Oh, man. But I like the white uniform tops and the royal blue pants, and I, li- I want to bring back the drop shadow from the late 90s. <laughs> the drop shadow, 95. The throwback, yes, yeah, oh. Steve Sarkeesian, 95, yeah, it was more, 96 it was more, uniform. It was more like, yeah, it was more like mid 90s, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, how do you feel about the state of BYU basketball recruiting under Mark Pope? I feel like it's uh, internationally awesome, Jerem. I do too. I am loving what Mark Pope is doing recruiting beyond the borders. And I'll leave it at that. I prepared a statement. (laughs) If you don't love it, take off, eh? I love dudes with great wingspan that dunk a lot. That's just me, Smith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And the sooner they get here, the better. I imagine they'll put on a show. Light the tiki lamps, baby. I'm stoked. <laughs> let's go. Yes, let's go. I've got your tiki lamp right here. I've, it's in problem. Multiple. <laughs> Nine nationally ranked teams on campus currently, Jerem. Nine? All in the top 12. Nine teams in the top 12. That, look at this. It's on the screen. It's unbelievable. Men's volleyball and cross country ranked one. Women's cross country two. Track two, six, eight. Gymnastics nine. Women. Women's volleyball is the lowest one at 12. That's amazing. What's the best well, team? Well, football's not currently going, but yes. What's the best team on campus right now with nine top 12 teams? 
cross country or volleyball. Yeah, I, I think volleyball has showed a little bit of vulnerability early. So I'm going to go with cross country. Vo- volleyball is right there, though. It's early. Who cares about being number one in uh, February? How about doing it at the end of the season? But I, no, I say who cares? No, it's awesome. It's great. I just prefer to be number one later as well. The cross country team collectively are the defending national champions. Yes. 2020 didn't happen, so you got to go back to 2019. Well, they're the, they've held it for they're two the years back though. to back in a way. Sort of. Defending national champions and they're number one again. Right now, they are the program to Great. beat on campus. Go a little higher, my bad. 12, like nine teams in the top 12. That's that's never happened in the history of the clear, show, in the eight. history of the Tom Homo athletic director era. Eight right now. Football's not right. actually playing. But right. Yes. Only eight. I'm now I'm unimpressed. Okay. No, number 10, BYU women's soccer drops a couple of top 15 matchups in LA, UCLA, and then USC. Are you concerned? I'm more frustrated for the ladies than I am concerned because I feel like BYU's offense did enough to especially win the game against USC yesterday. Three Four goals. to three? Yeah, in OT. They equalized three different times. They trailed three times and came back and found a way. So the defense is just young. They, they lost Alyssa Jefferson. They lost some serious swag back there. Uh, with Danica Sarasio as well. Senior leaders that have been there forever. They yeah. have young players on the defensive back line. Once they figure that out and they're no longer freshmen, is going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm not concerned. I obviously uh, was hoping for at least one win out of that weekend, but it's like number four and number 15. I mean, those were tough games on the on road. On the road. By the way, BYU played USC in the Coliseum yesterday. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah, cool setting. Uh, lost in overtime, but... I'm not, it's, it's way too early to be concerned. All right, Jerem, let's finish with this. 25-year anniversary of Happy Gilmore being released in theaters worldwide. Is Happy Gilmore, Happy Learned How to Putt, the greatest golf movie ever made? No, Caddyshack. That's, that's the best. I think most people would agree with you, the yeah. consensus. It's yeah. had the staying power. It's been around since what? It came out in what, 1981? Forever, you know. Chevy Chase, classic. Blaine Fowler's freshman year. How about that? Jim McMahon's senior year, 1981. Don't try it, Tommy. Steve Young's sophomore year. That's okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Danny Ainge's senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Gilmore is the most entertaining to me golf movie. It's the funniest golf movie. Caddyshack's probably the greatest that's the consensus, I think, of the American public. Yeah. If you disagree, let us know. Hashtag BYUSN. Or not, whatever. Coming up, two days removed from Valentine's Day, the Top 5 Tuesday has the Top 5 Power Couples in Cougar Athletics. We're about to annoy a lot of people. Plus, no man <laughs> has run the 5,000-meter race faster than the guy we're going to talk to oh, next this mustache. year. Oh, a mustache! Look at that thing! Connor Mance, number one ranked BYU cross country and number six men's track and field, joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. One hair for every win. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get yourself ready for Cougar Hoops in March with a chance to win one of five BYU basketball fan packs that include an autographed basketball, Roku to watch the Cougs on BYU TV and otherwise, official team shirt, poster, and more. Go to BYUSN.com for details. Giveaway runs through February 24th. BYU broadcast employees and relatives are ineligible. We are at about 5,000 entries so far. Keep them coming. And, uh, again, we're giving out five. This is the one. We're giving out five. Let's double. Let's make it 10,000 entries. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Speaking of 5,000, Jerem, mm-hmm. 
The guy with the fastest 5,000-meter time in the world this year, number one in the NCAA, clearly, and running for the number one-ranked cross-country team, number six men's track and field team, is Connor Mance, who joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Connor, welcome, my friend. Congratulations on an incredible race and weekend. Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) it's a lengthy intro i know but you did it you brought this on yourself how does it feel to be the fastest man in the world right now in the 5,000 meters you know it's kind of weird because i feel like that isn't something that like initially hits me it's just kind of like okay like i ran a really good time and that's kind of you know the the first thing that comes to mind that that title i don't know it's just kind of kind of (laughs) different Yeah, so when when you finish the race, do you realize what you've done? Um, it was more of just like I it was when I finished the race, I was just too tired. I just <laughs> I, I just I, I had Casey Claire and Brandon Garnica like tell me good job, and then I then I laid down for a bit on the track because I was just trying to just you know reco- re- recuperate. Not sure if that's even happened yet, but trying to <laughs> recover mentally from the hard race. So at what point do you realize you set some notable records uh, and times uh, this year, not only in the NCAA, but in the, in the world? Um, I, didn't re- I knew I would set the school record because that was kind of the goal heading into the race. Um, but I didn't know it was a world-leading time. or Well, I knew it would be an NCAA-leading time. I knew that um, in the race with Brandon Garnica and Casey Klinger as my teammates, Whoever ended up winning that race was going to get the NCAA lead just because we're so competitive with one another and in a good way. Um, but I didn't know until I think the next day that it was a world-leading time. So I want to know about the mental preparation and, and even into the early part of the race. When did you know, I'm feeling really good and I think this could be a super fast time? At, at what point in the race did you realize, okay, this, this could be really good? Um, well, so in a long, long way of explaining the race, maybe, um, early on, we, we, we knew that, um, all of the guys that we were running with on our team were really fit. So we were, we had a pacer who was going to come out and pace us. And, um, I was feeling great when the pacer was there, but, uh, he took us through a couple laps, um, a few seconds slow. So at that point, I mean, before I knew that it was so slow, I knew it was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a great night. And then when I found out it was slow, I was like, Oh, no wonder I'm feeling so, so smooth right now. <laughs> um, but it, probably with about a thousand meters left in the race, so about four fifths in, did I know like we were going to run really fast. Can you run past the pacer? Is that, is that kosher? Uh, well, it's, it's, I don't know if kosher is the right way <laughs> to say it. Probably not kosher, but, um coach Eystone yelled at us about uh three laps into the race and he's like you guys are slow you go past the pacer so yeah. we did yeah uh, listen pacer you gotta go faster <laughs> bro this is larry bird running around no i need i need some speed here okay so yeah. i want to go back to when you found out you had run the fastest time in the world this year what what was your reaction to that um it, it was it was i was just like well I, that's really cool but then Oh no! It's sometimes hard to really hype yourself up because it's. I mean, it's only it's only February right now, so. Who cares, Connor? It, That's it, awesome, man. I know. 
Uh, I was pretty hyped. Understandably so. Connor Mance with us on BYU Sports Nation. How long does it take you to recover from a race like that? Um, it depends on how well, uh, how well we get to recover and how much is going on. Um, coach Stone had to still do our long run the next day. So it probably took me till about yesterday till I was feeling about a hundred percent again. Um, but yeah, usually, yeah, it just depends on how well we, uh, how hard we push in the next few days, but for me, it took till about yesterday morning. Okay, obviously a while, and you're at top level, so I can't imagine what somebody else is going to do and how long it would take them to recover from this race. But is there like a special meal post-race that helps you feel better about things or, or expedites the recovery process? Um, I don't know if there's a, a post-meal. Usually in, in the longer races, you finish so late that you just try to look for anything that's open, which – um, during outdoor cross country season is always in and out because we race at like midnight. So what's, what's open at 1am. Um, <laughs> but no, like usually just kind of, you know, you'll get the trainers to work on your legs, just kind of get a massage out and I don't know, maybe go for some pizza or something. And <laughs> that, that's it. The meals of champions, in and out burgers and pizza. I love Who knew? I do the no. same thing minus <laughs> the running. Um, Connor, uh, yeah, hey, Connor, you're halfway there. There you go. Uh, I'm about five thousand meters away, but yes. Uh, okay. What's the uh, what's the story behind running in the snow? That was the ra- that was the long run the next day. I take it around a, a lake and yeah. a Seattle news station got some footage of you guys. Yeah, so we were out running. Um, so the day, so during the race, it was snowing pretty hard, and then the next day, we like. We all like looked outside and it was just like, I don't know, probably seven or eight inches of new snow. And it was just like, all right, like this next run is going to be a lot slower than we'll usually do it, but it'll be a lot more. Um, I I want to say fun. I don't think it was for most of the guys. I think everybody was <laughs> sick of the cold, but um, a little more interesting. I'll, I'll say it like that. I love uh, we're looking some of the vi- at some of the video now. There are people literally like. Uh, snowshoeing outside or just walking and then you guys come running by like ain't no thing we got to get our run in here yeah yeah it's it is funny we passed a lot of people like skiing like on uh, cross-country skis and snowshoeing and like we saw some people i mean this surprised me probably the most i saw a lot of people carrying like snowboards and whatnot to go to this little like little hill in the park that we were running around and just you know go up walk up just snowboard down and it was Probably the tiniest tail I've ever seen anybody snowboard down, but hey, you know. It's Seattle. Ain't ain't no Rock Canyon, you know. (laughs) Connor Mance with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're looking at the rankings, Connor, for the cross-country teams and the track and field teams. Number one, men's cross-country. Number two, women's cross-country. Number six, men's track and field indoor. Number eight, women's track and field indoor. How has this come to pass given the COVID-19 pandemic? Because it's shut a lot of people down. So how have your teams navigated through this to an elite level? So I think a lot of us, um, like our theme at the beginning of this school year was rise up. And I think a lot of that helped out because it was like, we don't want to just be back to where we were. We took this as an opportunity to work harder, put more time in, um, not, not take any time off. It, it's 
luckily our sports are um for the most part you're able to do them on your own or at least with like a small group of people you don't need all the facilities and everything like to go for a run all i need is like pair of shoes you know and whatever i can wear whatever i mean some things are more comfortable than others but like you can just go out for a run and i think our team saw that as an opportunity that like instead of focusing on oh what we can't do at this time like all right what can we do trails are still open to run on um there's tons of opportunities to still meet up and um for a while we weren't able to meet up during the pandemic and so it was just you know going on your own going on runs and i think our other event groups kind of saw them as the same thing like let's just get fit and i think it just carried over and i think some teams just caught off caught um just kind of surprised and caught them off guard sure. off guard Connor, congratulations again. It's good to see you rocking the Ed Eye Stone throwback mustache as well. Um, oh, yeah. Jared Ward as well. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for your future races. Keep up the good work, my friend. All right, thank you. Connor Mance on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Pretty pretty crazy, man, what what he did. And it was just him, right? It, it, was, it was Casey and Brandon and... They went two, three, and Klinger was the uh, national runner of the year out of high school. Went on a yeah. mission, came back. So, you always got a lot of talent there. Yeah. And and during the spring and summer, you see these guys running with their shirts off around Provo, but they're going for like long yes. runs, dude. And Klinger in the three thousand, number two in the world, number two in the NCAA this year. Crazy. Different races. Yeah. Same results. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, coming up today's rise and shadow. Plus, top five Tuesday presents the top five power couples at BYU current athletes. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Belated. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Well, listen to the pod, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review, and rate it. It is time for Top 5 Tuesday, and we're doing so in honor of a belated Valentine's Day celebration because it happened on Sunday. We didn't have a live show. So today we feature the Top 5 BYU Sports Power Couples Current Presented by Delta Airlines, keep climbing. Number five, Alyssa Jefferson and Wyatt Lowell. Alyssa Jefferson uh, recently played soccer here, right? Uh, and then Wyatt Lowell's on the basketball team. Unfortunately, tore his uh, Achilles against Gonzaga, but Alyssa was an All-American uh, player in uh, 2019. Yep. Wyatt transferred from Utah Valley. Was looking forward to seeing him play a little more before the injury. Number five. BYU misses Alyssa on defense for sure this year. We talked about that earlier. Number four. And again, at least one of them has to be current. Dalton and Talon Ballard Nixon. We all know what Dalton Nixon meant to BYU basketball in the first year of Mark Pope. Dalton. Dalton. Talon Ballard Nixon is going to be a first-team All-West Coast Conference performer. And with the start that she's off to, Jerem, she might compete for an All-American spot this year. Yeah. She, she is the go-to player for BYU. She's the alpha pin hitter right now. She's yes. playing at a really high level. Okay, number three, Baylor and Elise Romney. They met at a youth conference in El Paso when Baylor was 14 and Elise was 15. Nice. Both went to the same high school in Texas, married in December of 2017. Baylor 2-0 as a starter. He's never, ever lost a start at BYU. What? Uh, 28-25 win over number 14, Boise State, of yep. course. 
will compete for the starting job this year. Elise, pole vault, broke the uh, indoor record last year at the Boise Invite, and she was an All-American. So she might be a better athlete in her sport than Baylor is in football. Mm-hmm. She's awesome, man. Oh, Baylor, we, Baylor's cool, too. We've heard Baylor say as much <laughs> that Elise is the better athlete in the, in the couple. Number two, Connor and Paisley Harding. Fun story, they first spoke to each other at the tunnel of the BYU basketball practice facility. Got married uh-huh. spring of 2020. They got married in the pandemic, yep, for crying pandemic out loud. Wedding. Love everlasting. Connor averaging 6.3 points, three rebounds, and uh, just about two assists a game. He's starting to find a little bit of a groove now, and Mark Pope has been vocal about that. Paisley's coming off a 28-point game yep. in her last outing. She's uh, trying to get back in the groove. And the number one power couple at BYU right now, Zach and Kennedy Eschenberg. They both play volleyball. Men 2016, uh, got married in July 2018. Good dating amount of time. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Zach was an honorable mention All-American, came kind of from nowhere um, to do that. And then Kennedy is a first-team all-conference middle blocker, although she's injured right now, hoping to get her back soon. Kennedy could be an All-American before she is done at BYU. Yeah. yeah just got to get her healthy. She, she is a huge part of that uh, middle portion of BYU's offense. So, uh, volleyball, man, elite teams, they deserve it. Our question of the day, BYU football now has 11 games scheduled for 2022, 12 in 2023 with the addition of USF. What do you think of the schedules in those two seasons? I like. Our response, elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Brandon Bourget on Twitter says, one, I didn't realize BYU was going two years without playing Utah. Mm-hmm. Two, I see a lot of wins. Three, if Gary Barta taught us anything this year, it's that even if BYU goes undefeated either year, there will be no college football playoff. BYU's not going undefeated either. Come on. <laughs> a lot of wins, though. Think okay. positive. Come Today's on. Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Mine goes to Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. They have a chance to avenge that 2019 loss against USF, not once but twice now. And uh, hopefully Jacob Conover can take care of business in 2023. My rise and shout-out goes to Tom Homo and staff. Eight current teams ranked in the top 12 of their respective sports. BYU football finished number 11. This is the glory time for Tom Homo and uh, the athletic department. Our thanks to today's guests, Tyler Hawes and Connor Mance. Sorry to Dennis Pita. We ran out of time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Summer Raymond Hawes. See you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs! And volleyball!